1: And today we are going to be talking about the 11th movie in the Star Trek franchise. Actually the 12th. The 12th movie. (laughs) Okay, so that means this is our 12th episode of our movie series. That's right, this is Star Trek Into Darkness. (laughs) And you might have heard, we have a special guest with us. This is our second guest in a row in this movie series. We're very excited. Everybody say hello to Cam Soley from the Jacked Up Review Show podcast.
0: I had no idea Track had a giant, like, fandom. Like, I I thought it was seriously, like, episode-by-episode basis, like, as far back as 2013. And, like, within these last, I want to say, six years, I've been noticing there's been a lot of people who go out of their way to, like, do a bunch of themed kind of things, and it's like, that's way cool.
1: (laughs) I I mean, Star Trek is one of the biggest fandoms. I feel like it's uh, kind of under, I don't know, like, not underappreciated, but now that we have the MCU with Marvel and Mm -hmm. Star Wars, and, like, there are so many gigantic fan bases that are maybe more, like, popular to everybody, I feel like Star Trek is only, like, sometimes, like, niche niche -er people, or a smaller amount of people watch Star Trek
0: totally i can't think of really i can think of a bunch of celebrities who are big into it uh denis you know the all-state guy 24s president he's yes. a big yeah. <laughs> fan yeah, so when he amazing. saw michelle forbes who played instant row for one season he was freaking out i was like oh my god i working with someone <laughs> yeah uh, that's awesome <laughs> garrett wang had told a hysterical story on one of those galaxy con panels on how it was like he was, they were in their final year and he was in his first year on his show and they met each other randomly like at a cafe and they just they addressed each other in character he's like mr president oh my and god instant S- kim <laughs> and they gave each other a giant bear hug but That's yeah amazing. no i other than like the besotted geek uh, podcast i haven't really followed any like other than obviously you guys and there's a bunch of other ones coming out now green shirt and uh Keith and cedar has you know track spurts and a bunch of mm-hmm. other ones, so oh, it's yeah. been really yeah. cool to know that even just the ones who made the fan films, like the Axonar crew, is like they're still out there and
2: totally very Seriously. constant.
0: It's not just you know, look what funny thing that Patrick Stewart or George Takei's people posted on Twitter. You know, like it was like ten years ago. Now It's just <laughs> the fandom has just always been there and it's always been exploding rapidly. <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, yeah, and there's so yeah. many Star Trek podcasts, but not too many like celebrity-run podcasts, except for no. um, Gates McFadden's. Podcast, I uh, think, is one of the that few. got me through last oh, and year. On the Delta flyers
0: too. <laughs> oh, and the Delta flyer, of yeah. course. How could I forget? <laughs> yeah, flyers, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, how about you tell us a little bit about your show?
0: Mm-hmm. So we kind of a variety. Wait, just we review any kind of movie or TV franchise. Uh, we'll do all kinds of. Every once in a while, we'll do a theme kind of thing. We might do, like, two similarly themed movies back-to-back. Don't worry. We're not going to be tackling anything virus-related.
1: Okay, yeah. <laughs> <Cool>. but, uh,
0: <laughs> we'll do a special on a filmmaker or an actor we liked, a uh, music band, and uh, even food. What are the best and worst sushi restaurants? What's the best and worst <laughs> burger restaurant? I love restaurant?
1: that. So it just awesome. nothing's off-limits. You're just, here we go. We're reviewing it.
0: If it's some kind of entertainment, you know, it's like... Because the worst thing you can do for a collaboration is just be like, "Ah, I'm rolling everything out. Fuck that. You know, it's like, you don't know. Fortunately, a lot of the horror franchises and superhero stuff is like, we can wait a while on that. Let's wait for the haters and praisers to just die down. And with tracks
2: the fandom
0: (laughs) has always been pretty non-toxic. I have never, I mean... Sure, there were some homophobes who sh- reared their ugly head at mm-hmm. Discovery, but yeah. it's been pretty cool. I've never encountered anyone at a con who was just, like, in character or creeping someone out or just being a perv or anything. And not something I can say about, you know, say, Star Wars fans or Halloween fans. Some of these guys just would go yeah. way overkill. And mm-hmm. so I got into track. Just It's just always been a part of my life. Like, yeah. Rathicon, yeah. I saw growing up, I would watch any special effects epic that Industrial Light and Magic I worked on, so there was my foot in the door. And, you know, <laughs> nice. that wasn't easy because I've seen all the shows and respected them all in their own right. And I think that was what was cool about it, is much like the Twilight Zone or even Outer Limits, similar stuff that it channeled, it, you kind of were just cool with where it went, what everyone did. And it's held up on rewatches. I was rewatching some DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise yes. uh, mm-hmm. episodes that I like way better than I initially liked and hell yeah i think it just says a lot for when you can watch everything in uncut form versus with commercials where you know everyone is programming the material for you you know it's like there's a reason everyone went out and collected these when dvd was hot because
1: seriously yeah
2: they
0: wanted the best possible picture quality after seeing old vhs recordings or officially released stuff for years and uh, i track has always been with me even when i wasn't watching i would always just be a little influenced by it and much like how we would talk about actors on their big or lesser day, I would always see one of them in a Lifetime or Sci-Fi Channel movie and just be oh, like, oh, yeah. here they are. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I'm watching it because of them. And Different kind of fandom that you can't explain to any other, kind of say, if it's a martial arts actor or just dramatic actor who became a comedian or something. You know, It's totally different classification. Mm-hmm,
1: absolutely. I love yeah. what you said about Star Trek fans kind of being like non-toxic because Rihanna and I we always love going to midnight reviews or movies like when they're out initially and we grew up as really big Harry Potter fans, and I always felt like that was a pretty good crowd to go to, like a midnight mm-hmm. release. If you're at a con, Harry Potter Lord fans are cool. People. They, yeah, yeah, pretty they're chill. chill. But I always got a lot of just weird vibes at the Star Wars premieres. Yeah, like, we had people like cutting in the lines and just being we like, terrible people were to the fake staff. Fans. Yeah, yeah, like getting into oh, fights in parking lot. You want to talk fake lot. fans? Yeah. When <laughs> yeah, these
0: like new <laughs> movies, which we're about to talk about, came mm-hmm. out. I saw people who acted like, oh, I, all of a sudden they admit, yeah, I always watched it. I'm like. For real?
1: Yeah.
0: And you're just <laughs> now telling me this. Yeah. You're not doing that to be cool. Oh, you're totally doing it to be cool. And some of them I could differentiate, and they're like, yeah, it was cool, it was sexy, it was fun, it was imaginative. That's why I got into other shows like Lost. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense to me. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But then I see people who would just be like, ah, oh, but Star Wars could kick its ass any day. I'm like, this isn't a rivalry. Well, it's yeah, not it just has a Star pattern. in the name, yeah. Star Wars <laughs> I've watched Star Wars more times than many, and I always found track. To be the superior one because I would just remember an awesome speech that Mr. Spock or Picard would give. Yeah. I would remember yeah. the war philosophy and just, again, like Lord of the Rings, just the fictional alien language. And, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to look at even just the philosophy of it all, I mean, you want to look at the Pejorans and Kardashians, it's kind of a comparison to today's, you know, Israelis and... Yeah,
1: uh, in Palestine, yeah. Palestine, mm-hmm. yeah, conflict. That's and so true.
0: And growing up, I always thought it was like a metaphor for, say, Bosnians and Serbians or mm-hmm. Jews and Catholics, so you know, and many, it was like, like yeah, culture wars, wars before it was
1: yep. what it is yeah. now. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely well and like star wars is great i love star wars but it's mm-hmm. it's just different there's yeah. you know there's it's movie heavy yeah there are like some shows and they're starting to catch up but star trek started as a tv show there's mm-hmm. like now nine Irony. different series it's now a TV and now we show. have yeah. a ton of movies too to go along so uh and we were talking about this last week with matthew with uh trek untold but he said that the new Abrams movies really made Star Trek sexy for the first time. And suddenly, like, Trek bros were <laughs> popping mm-hmm. out of their holes and like, oh, yeah, I like Star Trek. I'm cool,
0: too.
2: Which They're show? like, whoa, this is mainstream, so I like it. So it makes Star <laughs> Trek fans cool, so I'm yeah. for it.
0: Keith M. Mm-hmm. of the Axonar and Traxbird said when I had him on, he talked about how he knew it was kind of like with Mission Impossible or Hawaii Five-O. he knew people who, like, had seen just the new movies. And wow. that's what caused mm-hmm. them to go back and do that. And it's like, and yeah. mm-hmm. it made sense cause around early, I want to say 2012, basically all these were on all the streaming platforms. Now, of course, yep. know, the only ones you gotta go all the Paramount Plus save for DS9 and next gen. But it, it, it's kind of wild how it, everyone has that reverse introduction.
1: So I'm so happy to hear that like, you've seen everything, you know, like you're into Star Trek. And so I'm wondering what your like, who your favorite
0: character is. Oh, okay, and I knew I was going to get asked yeah, this. Um, yeah, yeah. Am I allowed to cheat and say by era? Yes. Oh, please,
1: yeah. okay. go for it. There is, there's <laughs> totally. no limits to this question. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think mine changes daily, so. Yeah. It really does, because yeah.
0: it's like, there's really, you can't go wrong, so. Literally,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, oh, God. Spock, Worf, um, twice. <laughs> yep. Actually, no. I'll take it back. Okay, Spock, Worf, Bashir, uh, Doctor, um, yes. Trip, nice. Or to Paul, depends on the day. Yes. And Michelle Yo on Discovery.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, <gasps> yes, Georgia. Yes.
0: But that's just because yes. I'm always, I'm a fan for life. I'm I'm a Hong Kong movie guy. So. Yeah.
1: Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> Yay! I love that variety. Rihanna's favorite character is Spock as well from original yeah. series. <laughs> Can't go wrong with Spock ever. <laughs> the only one was
0: common sense.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh i love this okay cool so i'm so happy we're like getting to know each other Mm -hmm. and uh i'm happy too that we have you on our show because so many of our guests are like pretty much only star trek is their biggest fandom and it's you know what what everybody worships and so you have a definitely like different perspective and how your show will cover pretty much anything you're coming from a much wider lens than we are so i'm excited to um, hear your opinions. Oh, you guys on are too. Movie. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. We, we tend the fact to- that
0: you're introducing these to your folks and just other friends and Gal Pals is like, that says a lot when this can be kind of like an after school book club, but in visual form kind of.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Like, did everybody study their episodes this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come prepared. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm wondering, and Rihanna, I'm going to ask you this partially to help my memory. Sure. What was your memory of the first time you saw Star Trek Into Darkness? What did you re- like? remember about it that you liked or dislike? And what were your overall impressions after the first watching?
2: Okay, so I'm pretty sure this movie came out in 2012? 2013. 2013. Yeah,
0: 2013. But, oh, so close. Yeah. It felt like um, It's fine. Yeah, it was a blur. <laughs> it felt like the end of the world. Yeah, Huge I was fart. having trouble yeah. keeping up with anything. Yeah.
2: I remember a lot of hype coming out of this movie because 2009 was such a big success. It brought so many new Star Trek fans into the fold, and so people were really excited to see what else they were going to do in this movie alternate universe in this world with our new actors and i remember there being so much like just buzz around who benedict cumberbatch was going to be playing because once he was casted yeah. he got mm-hmm. like shown as uh, first it said john harrison on the imdb and then someone put it as con <laughs> and then of course everyone lost their fucking minds yeah. because we're <laughs> like con are you kidding me what is going on um and i was eight huge fan of Sherlock at the time. I still am. I love this show. Oh, there you go. Okay. And a huge Benedict Cumberbatch fan, and so I was really excited for him to be in this role. And so I think my biggest takeaway out of this first time watching this, we were in the theater. I remember my mom was there. I'm pretty sure Ashlyn and I were finally together for this movie to yeah. watch it. And uh, I remember just feeling like let down and also just complete shock that they would sort of turn wrath of khan on its head and try to make a wrath of khan part two essentially i was such a huge fan of wrath of khan it's like was my favorite it still is my favorite star trek movie of all time like i have such a deep connection to it and it just was like don't try to do this again. What are you doing to me? When we're seeing Kirk (laughs) at the other side of the glass with Spock, their roles are reversed. I'm like, you can't be doing this. Are you serious? (laughs) Particularly because I didn't really like Benedict Cumberbatch as um, Khan in this. I just feel like it's really hard to not be as amazing as Ricardo Montalban, So like yeah, you have to work right. really hard to even get up to his caliber. And so not that Benedict Cumberbatch is a bad actor. I just, because I've seen him in shows that, in movies, mm-hmm. he's so incredibly talented, but this was just not the right role for him in my opinion. So I remember mostly the feeling of like disappointment and just like frustration at the end of this movie. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> that's my
1: memory. <laughs> what about you, Ashlyn? So yeah, once again we got to see it together, which is really nice. I think I'm pretty sure we were with our grandparents and like yeah. I think uh my on my mom's side our grandma and grandpa and I believe my ex was with us too. Oh, and maybe. he was trying to like get on my good side and like watch the Star Trek movie with me. I'm pretty <laughs> sure mm-hmm. that was this one, but I can't Wait, 2013? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I yeah. think it was like yeah. a <laughs> day weekend or something, but anyway, I I was really conflicted about this movie because, I mean, similar to what Rihanna has already brought up, they do a direct copy, or ode, if you're looking at it from a nice way, of of Wrath of Khan. And I remember (laughs) I had moments of being really into it and actually like, okay, they're doing it. I'm going to be invested in the emotion. I can't believe they're killing Chris Pine because he's like their golden boy, you know? Literally. Um, But... I was really taken out of the movie when Spock yells no. When Spock's like chasing Khan after, I just I didn't really like it.
0: And so I am Khan. Wait, what? What? Yeah, and I yeah. yelled bullshit like in the theater. Yeah. I saw this twice in the theater. Once at an AMC, which got interrupted at a by a storm. Oh, so no. oh no! We had extended time to watch it. <laughs> and ironically, it's, ironically, it happened as, at the beginning when he first escapes.
1: Oh, okay. So yeah. I'm like,
0: uh-oh, is this an interaction thing with the lightning all? I oh, know. Okay. Uh, That's but, terrible. Yeah, uh, it was terrible. No, yeah. it was fine. It, it got us in the mood because they were like, i oh, got to go back, go back <laughs> to that theater. But they
1: were tickets? Like, what the
0: heck? Oh, yeah. They, they let us return. They, oh, no. good.
2: Okay, they're yeah. like, keep going. Yeah.
0: Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, then I saw it at a free movie night at my college. And so my uncle goes with us again. I take my mother to it with my you know sister. She hasn't seen it yet, but she... Uh, we all kind of were just at the same thing. It's like, hmm, this plotline can go wherever you, it wants with this 2009 one. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's up there with, you know. I don't cater to the whole even number rule, because then by default you're saying also that insurrections and in, uh, search for Spock aren't good. And, the, you know, right, there's the, fan bases the for films, both those. Yeah. Rank it how you want to rank it. But, yeah, I saw people were complaining about the lens flare, and I'm just like, well... I didn't have a problem with it because I'm used to any kind of filmmaking style, but at the same time, I just kind of didn't like how. I just was never 100 on Abrams because mm-hmm. I knew he was the homage guy. So I'm just like, okay, well, whatever. Yep. Can I at least accept? Can I at least take this in and say maybe a Michael Bay kind of way? And then okay, cool, right. whatever. <laughs> yeah, what we gotta do.
1: This was one of the first movies because, I, like, I think for me, when I see something in theater, I get really wrapped up in it, and I'm really focused in it, and I really yeah. I, the sound system. I, and, yeah, mm-hmm. I really love almost every movie I see right away. It has to like really take me out to, for me to yeah. like leave the theater feeling disappointed. And this was the first time I really felt that way about a Star, like especially I hadn't seen a Star Trek movie in theater before. Um, yeah, true. But seeing, You know. I I was just surprised that I felt that way and I was hoping that it would get better with time and so I Mm -hmm. haven't actually I think I've seen this movie like maybe three times Um, this was either my third or fourth viewing of it yeah Um, okay so yeah I'm excited to talk about you all is it
0: on TV all that much I haven't
1: I don't know I've seen it on TV TV I've seen Beyond
0: go on there a bunch and I've seen yeah 2009 too yeah the 09 one is constantly being viewed on Netflix I had a pal who I, a few years ago, even was telling me I had it on, like six different times today. It's just a good movie to relax. I'm like, that's a lot of movie viewing. Yeah, a movie.
2: yeah, that's a lot of viewing. Yeah, yeah. I think that it sort of does fall into the trap of the sequel as well. Like they're trying to sort of you know try to sell the box office in the in the first weekend. They just sounded desperate. You know, they it just felt desperate in this air of like we have to make it good. We have to make like these quips really funny and fast and I think a lot of times it did succeed with its humor you know I think that there's a there's a lot of really funny moments like in 2009 that they did in Into Darkness that did land for me but it didn't make up for just like why would you write this plot in the first
0: place yeah I 100% with you because it is kind of weird how this and Batman Begins those were kind of the archetype and then so for a while if studios weren't remaking something they were saying well it's okay it's a reboot it's in the style of this and that and yeah it it wasn't just kind of like when every other tv show seemed to kind of be taking something from the others like we're like that but with a twist you know it's like we're not law and order we're criminal minds we're not that we're (laughs) this we're that and we're not stranger things we're you know something else that we're game of thrones you know Mm -hmm. and so it does seem kind of interesting how everyone at this point is like if there's anything they all agreed on, it's like, okay, well, the action was awesome and the actors are awesome. So, yep. mm-hmm. so
1: let's go. Yeah. Plot,
0: well, just turn your brain off because, I mean, I, I'll never forget the slogan. I think it was when the two nine oh nine one one came out. Mm-hmm. I swear I saw it on a poster. It said, This is not your dad's Star Trek. Star Trek. So it was like, Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. It was kind of like with the new Battle Star Galactica. They were just making sure, okay, you, this is Star Trek probably in name only because it's not going to have really any themes that you take away with it. And, you know, I think what this did better, and I mean I mentioned this with Track Untold is like the villain, you know, whether you buy him as caught or not is like just Benedict's just a good actor, so he yeah. just stole the movie for me and I was just like, Okay, well, that kind of makes up for what isn't working, which is it's just another mutiny and oh, instead of Spock dies, Kirk dies and Spock saves him. So Yeah. It's kind of a twist of a twist. Yeah. So it's really just blurring the line of, who really put any thought into this? <laughs>
1: See, okay, it's so funny that you're saying this, because I was about to launch into my, like, how this movie got into development, give a little bit Close of history, to. Yeah. and <laughs> so there were three writers for this. It was, they brought Orsi back, he did the first one, mm-hmm. uh, Roberto Orsi, and then Alex Kirsman and Damon Lindelof, and he actually, yeah. Lindelof compared this movie to The Dark Knight, because... Yeah. yeah, he said, "Okay, like we um, have, we're, yeah, which is which is hilarious." He was like, yeah. "We're gonna make a sequel that's even better than the first one." Was their goal, mm-hmm. but, you know, like the Dark Knight, which is which but they is didn't so funny. succeed,
2: because Dark Knight's like the one of the greatest. It's films su- of such all an time. amazing film, but you
1: well. right that they were thinking in that era of like we're gonna have mm-hmm. a trilogy, you know? Yeah.
0: And it's kind of funny because I mean, I see people talk about Dark Knight nowadays, and that there's always someone who was or wasn't a fan or something now initially, mm-hmm. and it's like. Regardless of what does or doesn't work in The Dark Knight, the actor made the movie. It was kind of. This is kind of where I was just also just getting used to different layers of movies. I've always been that open, but by this point it was dignified. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: anything. Remember when The Matrix came out and everything was trying to be, you know, over super stylized, oh, yeah. sexy people mm-hmm. doing trying martial arts? Out. Yeah, totally. Electronic music soundtrack, and then forgetting everything that made The Matrix work was. It's holy shit, that's awesome story. So then I think. You know, by this point, I was pretty much used to, it's like, okay, there's different layers. All I can ask is, don't just have nothing going on. I I don't give two rats on whether or not the critics liked it versus the audience hated it. I'm open to anything, but just get ready to, you know, defend whatever take you want. And at this point, yeah, Lindelof was just kind of rewriting so many movies. I know he was, like, a Mm -hmm. producer on the first one. Yep. And... I know he was getting into Twitter Wars because of Prometheus the following year. Oh I was God. not a fan oh, of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know he rewrote World War Z, mm-hmm. and that was one of those just like, yeah, I liked it until the ending, so mm-hmm. I, you got to stop having this guy rewrite the endings, and I know he pretty much had a say in this, and I'll yeah. say this. I am a Kurtzman defender. I know many people aren't. I, I figured he had it pretty rough just getting into the Trek fandom, and yeah, then mm-hmm. now that he's part of the new show fan base and overseeing that... Everyone's quick to throw a wrench at him. It's like, well, he was just a contributor, and so was Orsi. The problem, the difference yeah. was Kurtzman, you know, had done some directing, including a indie film he did with Elizabeth Banks and Kirk betrayer Chris Pine. Mm-hmm. And so he already had a sense of working with actors and everything, and I, I sympathize with him because who else had to make a terrible Mummy movie and yeah. get it taken <laughs> over by your main star, Tom oh, Cruise? God. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. He seems like a nice guy, and I see no sense of ego about him compared to some of the other guys. Like, Abrams kind of just is like, well, I want to do something cool. I don't really care. This Mm -hmm. is how I'm going to get the chance to do what I really want to do, which is Star Wars. So I was like, okay. Well,
1: and Abrams only signed on because he was, like, totally wavering about this. But Kurtzman and Orsi had to convince him and say, look, like, you made it so good, and we think we're going to be able to make a lot of money. So come back and do this one. Um, And I know a lot of the cast was really not sure if they wanted to come back once they were here that Abrams was wavering. And so I think knowing that he was coming back to direct Chris Pine at this point was not like the superstar. I mean, he, you know, he's great, but he wasn't Mm -hmm. as big still. My sister was a big fan
0: of his from Mm -hmm. Princess Diaries 2. I had vaguely heard of him because I had seen Mm -hmm. him in just a bunch of other indie films as well as a movies I didn't think were good, but he was a highlight of, like, Smoking Aces, he was hysterical yeah. and it was like, it's just so yeah. wild, and yeah, but by this, it was like, uh, isn't it kind of wild how these actors are the second to portray these characters? Yeah. And often, if you don't know your name, you're gonna instantly call him, like, oh, Bones, you know? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know he was in Lord of the Ring. Carl
1: <laughs> Urban, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I was at the premiere of Wonder Woman, and I kid you not, all my friends. And we're just oh like, yeah, that's Captain Kirk, yeah. just yeah. Ass. Yeah. and I'm like, yeah. okay, so there you go. Literally, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, and so I I'm, was
0: introducing my family to 24, and that was one of Zachary Quinto's first recurring roles, and it was just so, so really funny. funny. My brother comes in the room, is like, why does that computer technician guy sound like spa?
1: Is, is that like Skyler, <laughs> Skyler, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like,
0: But that's all we knew him from previously. Is like, we didn't totally. know. Qu- well, I don't know where the hell Zachary Quinto is. Oh, is that the guy who plays? Skylar on Heroes, the like-it-or-hate-it superhero show? Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's Skylar, and
0: now he's Spock, and now he's immortalized now whenever I see him and it's like of course he's in that <laughs> he can do anything he wants now it doesn't matter if that's so
2: it. true once you play Spock you're pretty much in well and I feel like too Simon Pegg was one of the bigger names coming into these movies because
1: he's right done, cult
0: comedy guy and yeah
2: well, like, so much
1: one brilliant the, stuff he, he's one of the few like huge Star Trek fans too and so I know he was very excited he, he was still like eager to come back um, yeah, no he's like, like, please, I feel like yeah. he's like Michael Dorn. He just always wants to be
2: back in Star Trek. <laughs> Absolutely
0: <laughs> right. Urban yeah. and Peg were just big fans. Everyone else, you know, and it's funny how the writers were big fans, but they were kind of just used to doing kind of homages with uh, A Rooms yeah. like. And it's kind of what. So it just makes sense to me. Like Alias was basically their Lefemme Nikita show. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Mission Impossible was basically their tribute to Die Hard, True Lies type blockbuster movies. So mm-hmm. I really wasn't surprised when it was like, okay. Much kind of like the lesser moments of Enterprise, this new Star Trek is basically feeling more like Star Wars (laughs) than... Yep. Actual Star Trek, getting a
1: lot of big names. Yep. Well, and especially, um, I was I, you're just talking about Enterprise. Peter Weller is in this as um, Admiral Marcus, be that. and, and so I, I, was like, I I didn't yeah, realize, and actually until watching it, I watched the movie today to prepare for the podcast, so it's exciting <laughs> fresh. But when I was watching it today, I was like, oh my god, that's like the fascist. This is the white supremacist yeah. on Enterprise. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> Terror, yeah. yeah. Instead and of I'm wiping gang.
0: people out for, of a different race, here he is being. And see, this is where, basically, before we even get to Beyond, basically, track is just, uh, see what we did there, we referenced this and that. And apparently, yep. so, I don't know if you guys can see this, I don't have the Blu-rays to compare and contrast, I only have Memory Alpha as a reference. Yeah, so apparently, yeah. there's a bunch of little Easter eggs here and there, to Enterprise making this mirror universe all the more confusing but it is a mirror universe oh, so mm-hmm. apparently Archer was from Enterprise was announced as a president in the first one I'm like huh okay whatever cool mm-hmm. but apparently you can see some of the spaceship models in the place before the entire fleet gets massacred apparently but I don't know how anyone wondering. can possibly see that Unless you can pause the movie, so.
1: <laughs> I, uh, that's so funny. I was wondering that. I was like, look at all those ships. Yeah, I wonder.
2: Yeah. yeah. I,
0: I only saw a few snapshots and I was like, but so basically this is like uh, the be- beginning of Undiscovered Country or even the opening to Picard season one where he's like, okay, so there's a coup. Yeah. You don't know who. And almost always, the guy who's alive is behind it.
1: <laughs> yes, big literally. Surprise. Oh my god! Um, yeah. And so, a couple more things I want to say, and then we can like start at the beginning and start yeah. really diving. Sorry into for the movie. confusion, yeah. everyone. We hope no. you're seeing this. No, yeah. yeah, we know. There's a lot. They're to say used about to this us. Movie. A lot of our listeners are used to us jiving around a lot. So oh yeah. Like. <laughs> well, so I thought it was so interesting because these movies, like the these three Star Trek movies, are not meant to be a trilogy, really. Um, yeah. Much as the original series movies are not really together, except for Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock and Voyage Home are kind of like mm-hmm. their own movies. But literally, motion pictures never referenced. In yeah. Undiscovered Country, gone, no. they never say, was like... draft. No, yeah. yeah. They're never like, oh, do you remember V'ger? How's Ileah doing? Like, did they murder Decker? None of that happens.
0: Yep. Uh, um, yeah. Here, that bald Klingon dude who had no persona, and it was all left on the cutting room floor. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yep. no what, 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 what Klingon?
1: Who? Yeah. But I do like... He's
0: dead inside a wormhole.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I do like in this one, though, they... It's not like they completely ignore 2009 they are still no. using like the main plot is still there you know so it's not i don't really think of it as canonical but they reference it enough even even if and this is this is something i'm going to say now but it happens so much throughout this movie I feel like so much of it is just them repeating things that happened in the first movie and just they're just doing it again. And this yep. is where a sequel can fall into a trap because they're like literally Kirk has a scene with Pike where Pike is saying, oh, do you remember that fist fight you got into and how great that was, and you had napkins up your nose. Instantly. Yeah, and, yeah. and he's literally and like... And Cupcake even comes back, remember, yeah, later. Yeah, Cupcake is back. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. some good time in <laughs> the buff the dude movie.
0: who's just like, uh, intimidating, <laughs> and areas he is being commanded by Kirk, and he's exactly. not too literally. thrilled by it still. But yeah. Yeah. I can kick your ass, kid
1: they're mm-hmm. taking time in the movie to reflect about how great the last movie was. And so I just thought it was interesting when they were talking about writing this movie. They're like, "Okay, we're like not going to make it connected, but their biggest hurdle was finding a villain that they wanted to do." And they mm-hmm. thought that if we didn't do Khan We are going to... We'll never forgive ourselves. Yeah, we'll never forgive ourselves. Like, (laughs) we have to go big or go home. That's literally exactly it. And um, the addition of Admiral Marcus was kind of just like a fusion. Like, take all the characters. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. Carol Marcus, of course, is in Wrath of Khan and Search for Spock. We don't know an Admiral Marcus. But, like, you know, Star Trek fans who know the movie so well will be like, oh... Like who that could name. that be? Yeah, yeah, that name sounds familiar. And so instead of one villain, they have two. And um, you know, we talked about this last week. But after Nero, I just like wanted oh, a better villain. Him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I think. Yeah. Um, IMDb, thank you. Benedict Cumberbatch is a really interesting choice for the role. He ended up just auditioning, and they liked him. So they're you know, no drama. Investors, with him. baby. Yeah, yeah. And he was only like, ten price. million
0: versus five million. Need mm-hmm. too.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and I also briefly want to talk about the title for this movie, because oh there's God. no colon. It's just Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, and <laughs> I was reading... Did they want to play on that pun, like, trekking into darkness?
2: Did you...
0: Because... Th- oh, okay. so I take it you also did research. You know how there was actually a Wikipedia war?
1: No, I didn't know about <laughs> Over the
0: capitalization of the Into... Versus lowercase, Mm -hmm. yeah. Because is
1: it a sentence? And it may it got
0: documented in several lists, including ones that are dedicated to the history of Wikipedia. And Wikipedia still had it listed as their lamest edits of all time. Fred War, absolutely. (laughs) We're only going by the poster.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like we have to follow what it says. We get that
0: it's not proper. Guess what? That's the title. Why are we having this? (laughs) You should be worried about confirming a political candidate, not worried about confirming. bullshit about a movie exactly
1: and lindelof said that the title was the most discussed part of the entire movie like more so than anything in the plot when they were writing it they talked (gasps) about the title like for weeks they were trying to figure out what to call it and then they ended up with into darkness which it's fine but no colon what's going on
0: (laughs) someone hasn't been reading many comic books i mean jesus
2: It's not that hard. You just take something that's like a theme from your movie and then just
1: make it a like material object. Well, and I feel like these people
0: like to hear themselves talk.
1: And I yeah. feel like it's a metaphor for, like, how much time they spent on the script, <laughs> yeah. then. Really, if they're th- right. thinking too much about the title, they what did they really spend any time on the script? I don't know. Yeah. But, okay, so let's start uh, the discussion at the beginning of the movie. I'm just going to mm-hmm. say I love this soundtrack. Michael uh, Giancino is amazing. I loved amazing. him in yes. the first one. I thought mm-hmm. that this one, because this happens with John Williams, too, Or um, even, he does a good job
0: replicating Williams.
1: Yeah, Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, he just copies sometimes. But <laughs> yeah. um, I feel like this soundtrack, even though it has a lot of similarities from the first one, it does have its own flair that makes it like a little bit more, um, just unique to this film. And so I feel like sometimes it's easy to just have the same movie for all the movies, or same music for all of the movies. And I really mm-hmm. like that Michael Gianchino didn't do that for this one. It's It's got its own <laughs> flavor. Yeah,
2: it's on variation. I feel like the sinister parts are like even more sinister than they were for Nero or like Especially uh, the dreading
0: yeah. uh horns they do during Conjureville. like your ship will now be destroyed.
2: Yeah. I will walk over your cold corpses. You're yeah. like, Oh okay. I'm so you really so will. <laughs> just as a breakdown. <laughs>
0: yeah. He scored yeah. everything from Rogue One and Apparently, one of the themes that's used in Avengers in game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Get it. He's doing the theme music now for Star Trek Prodigy. But okay. I love that. You yeah. probably know him mainly for a lot of his Pixar stuff he's done, as well as comedies like Jojo Rabbit and Spider Man Far From Home. But what else does he? I was do? Okay. Say, the Incredibles. I think he
1: did Spider Man, yes. too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, The Incredibles. Yep. Wow. Okay. And Coco, yeah.
0: and oh, yes. I can totally recommend. War for the Planet of the Apes score. The, that was mm, wonderful. Epic. And yeah. It,
1: well, and that's the and same Dr. era Doctor Strange. Too. But, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So, what I knew him from prior to this, before he worked on Jurassic World and Inside Out and all that, um, I knew him from scoring the 2004 Call of Duty video game.
2: Okay. Oh, really? That's cool. And <laughs>
0: Damn, that's like, awesome. <laughs> okay. Well, because that's when I just started paying more attention to what everyone kind of does. And it wasn't uncommon for a TV show composer to do a lot of just side gigs and it would be a video game it's like hey oh, sure even if it's in the money. trailer yeah. yeah yeah absolutely yeah and that game I never finished it I just wasn't a fan even though it was a great I was already familiar with other Medal of Honor type games mm-hmm. you want to talk about Star Trek everyone doing costumes switcheroo they really do that in this movie too but <laughs> yep. it was yeah. like um, music is everything for just building up suspense and uh, you know, we often think of it kind of as a bad thing when a movie gets melodramatic and it's like, okay, kill the soapbox here. You know, <laughs> and yep. uh, yeah, if, but it, it, you know, when you use it in a horror movie, oh, you, you get the dread and terror on screen. When you use it in a sci fi movie, it, you you need that in order to use the adventure momentum. And yeah, it's really like, unfortunately, Abrams is focusing so much on the lens flare, and but fortunately enough, Giancino, you know, he's what I'm really feeling. Aside from the actors, of course, really doing a good job with their versions of the characters, so I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. When I felt like the movie, or I felt like the music really, like re- it made me hyped because it was reminding me of the last movie, getting me back into that mode. And then mm-hmm. we start on this planet where we see there's, like, indigenous species running around, and Kirk yeah. and McCoy have, a, have their <laughs> Nothing to do with the rest oh of the movie, God. but, yeah. hey, it Completely gets us in chaotic. the mood. <laughs> so yeah. this, this is an ode. This is not, like, not by mistake. This is an ode to Raiders of the Lost Ark. They wanted to flop ha- oh, us in there at the beginning just so we get the I, status quo.
2: My favorite movie. All yeah. I <laughs> felt like he... Yeah. We used
0: a few cues from Mission Impossible Free, which he worked oh, on with Abrams. I I'm, felt like I'm he sure. used some of that same.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. But it, it <laughs> I think it's a good scene to establish, like, this is the relationships that the characters have with each other. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of shenanigans that they're getting into. They're not quite on their five-year mission yet, but yeah. they are, <laughs> um, you know, they're operating as a ship. And we see... Yeah. You know what Spock is willing to do to uphold the rules, and you know he's so uptight with everything. And uh, I just thought it was a good intro and a really fun way to start the movie. It was really light. Um, Rihanna, what did you think of this opening sequence? Yeah,
2: I loved it. Honestly, it's it really starts the movie strong, and I feel immediately put at ease that we're seeing all of our favorite characters. This time, we have them the Enterprise underwater, which mm-hmm. was such a fun so way for them cool. to conceal themselves. Like, yep. you know, I think they're truly just jumping off this cliff and then they're swimming. And, you know, and uh, I'm watching this movie with my mom and she goes, wow, these Starfleet officers stay in shape. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're out here swimming in these massive robes and like, oh my gosh, you know, they're always just like, <laughs> this is their workout. It's just going on class M planets and just like trying to save entire species, you know,
1: casually. I, I really wonder <laughs> why casually. they were there in the first place. I know it was supposed to be like a scanning It was a survey mission. A survey mission. Yeah. It had nothing later. to do with anything. But yeah.
0: Uh, so, to like the main guys who were involved with track, Manny Koto, head writer of later Enterprise, speaks very highly of these reboots. He thought it was just brilliant to just have them do a mirror universe and then make it hip and cool for today's crowd and Mm -hmm. i know nicholas meyer of course he made con yeah and rewrote part four and then part six and he's just (laughs) like yeah Yeah. Yeah. if it's not a homage then what is it because it's not a movie so (laughs) it is kind of interesting how at this point this is kind of to the filmmaker's credit this is kind of the indicator okay get the popcorn ready just Go along. Enjoy. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that is sort of the sense we get, I think, from this first scene. Even though it's got high stakes, Spock could die. I'm like, Spock's not going to die at the first five minutes of this movie.
0: I know they're going to make it (laughs) out. That would have been interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that would have been
2: quite the uh, choice. It's another
1: Wrath of Khan thing, too, Mm because Wrath of Khan, like, Mm -hmm. died in the Kobayashi Maru, you know, fake out. Yeah. Did the fake out death. Yeah. So, do
0: you want to talk about the main death that kind of hits this all off or
1: yeah no let's go yeah. let's to- let's go for it
0: so i didn't expect captain pike to die because they just did oh, set- they own. did the impossible take a cult character that not everyone you know knew from the original series i mean obviously yeah. hardcore fans knew him and sure, he's now yeah. immortalized in others strange books new worlds, and- yeah
1: mm-hmm. right and
0: now mm-hmm. and yes now discovering strange new worlds but yeah it's like when he was in this, it's just like it kind of just reconfirmed to hardcore fans. Okay, this character is awesome. Glad you re-envisioned him here. Yes. Mm-hmm. And but with this, you know, for us newcomers, it's an interesting. Not us, the newcomers. Mm-hmm. It. I kind of felt like they could have kept him around. A little longer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They
2: did him dirty, I thought. Or at least injure him. Yeah. I was was so mad about this. I felt like he was truly just like plot fodder, you know, essentially just for a way for Kirk to lose a parental figure and a way for just like them to Spock to uh, meld with him upon his death. And I'm like, that's kind of cold, bro. Were you comforting him or was it just out of your like sick, uh, like curiosity? Yeah. Because that is a little bit morally questionable there, Spock.
0: (laughs) Oh, totally. And then we open up with uh, Noah Clark from Torchwood. He's a scientist who's working for the mysterious villain Mm -hmm. that we probably won't name next. And Nazine Contractor of 24 fame is talking to him saying, "Uh, I don't want you to die. You shouldn't sacrifice yourself. in the name of science. And you're like, I still don't know what this has to do with anything, but it's a pretty cool explosion. Uh
1: yeah I, I
0: hope not too many people died, but apparently they confirmed like the next day forty people died yeah. Who did it?
1: Yeah, I know him Oof. from yeah, Doctor Who, so I, I, was, I like, was like maybe
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I was like, Okay, is this Good like, actor. a, a spin awesome. of Doctor Who where Mickey got <laughs> left in the future and that family <laughs> and he was like, Okay, we're yeah. yeah. just I'm just going to like help little <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, At you know, least At his, least, his would actually learned. pay yeah, I may not be that? the biggest
0: I may not be the biggest Doctor Who guy, but I would totally pay to see David Tennant as a Starfleet captain.
2: I, I mean, there die. are crossovers on like comics and stuff, so like
1: yeah, come on you cowards, let's go. <laughs> there's one with uh I think it is David Tennant and Patrick Stewart. Like he, mm-hmm. he his ship gets like on the Enterprise by accident and they have to like figure it out together. Anyway, so yeah, good. yeah, um, that's great. So I thought <laughs> yeah. that that scene with his daughter was really sad, and they do it really well. But again, mm-hmm. it has it, it. There's no. It's not like Khan has. They could have easily mentioned it later in the need to pay all these actors. Yeah, it, I thought they were trying again to replicate the sadness of like Kirk's dad dying in the first mm-hmm. movie, and they're trying mm-hmm. to like really play with our emotions and yeah. uh, like make the good audience question. understand right away that like Khan is is he's manipulating this person emotionally in order to get something done. And later in the film, we find out that is what's been happening to Khan the entire time is Marcus has been manipulating him emotionally, like holding his crew hostage. And so Khan knows this is going to work with someone else. So I, it's it's like, I can
0: puppeteer. Yeah. Yeah. If we can just, from this point on just call instead of calling Kirk, you know, like new Kirk, young Kirk or mere Kirk. Can we just call him Luke Kirk? Remember, yeah, he's yeah, a farm yeah, boy. Yeah, in the last one, as Literally. a silly Star Wars, still <laughs> we as didn't as see like,
1: twin sons, but we and we heard of, from his uncle in the in the last <laughs> one. So yeah. his parents got
0: killed by uh, <laughs> Romulan Gestapo instead of stormtroopers, but yep. same logic.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Same, same thing. <laughs> oh, and he knows. Oh, and that's right. So was it Spock or someone else who taught him kung fu? Because he knows a bunch of kung fu in this damn movie. And you're like, uh, (laughs) he just does. Like I think he
1: just grew up. He knows kung fu. Scrappy. (laughs) He just like. Yeah, yeah. I think all those bar fights. He had to learn to protect himself. Yeah. So (laughs) I I I just wish that the scene with Mickey had anything to do with the rest of the movie. But again, it's like it's getting me into Uh. it. Like I am, yeah. is like starting to get more invested into the movie, and I'm curious about what's gonna happen. And I really like these scenes with Pike. I mean, he's like so hard on Kirk, um, and even when Spock <laughs> is giving him attitude, I love that line when he's yeah. like, "I'm expressing multiple attitudes." To which are you referring? <laughs> <laughs> and he's yeah, like, get is out. he his
0: first <laughs> officer at this point? Yeah, or I, I think, can't remember mm-hmm. the ranks. At this they point, skip Spock over is... it so fast; I don't even think about it.
2: Yeah. So Kirk Kirk is captain initially, and Spock's first officer, and then Kirk gets demoted to Pike's first officer, and Spock becomes first officer yeah, of is
1: what Bradbury. <laughs> Bradbury, yeah. We it's got the all details. Over Bradbury, I yeah. see what they yeah. did there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I really thought, because you know, we mm. see like Pike's hard side when he's really telling Kirk, you fucked up, man, and they ch- mm-hmm. they took the ship away from you. <laughs> Like, you, fa- you cheated on the Kobayashi Maru, but these are the actual results of your mistakes. And so you're going to have to learn to live with them. And you, we're feeling and terrible. Always, yeah.
0: Because you saved my bacon last movie, that's why you get off scot-free while anyone else would be demoted. Or, exactly. Oh, too bad, so sad. I All yeah, those first officer. Wasted. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, and I think, too, we're seeing Pike, of course, like, taking Kirk in as this father role. But also, like... I I don't know, I feel like Kirk is still so young in these movies. He has so much to learn about being a captain. He was, you know, sort of promoted in a day. He went through this crazy thing last movie. And so I think that once the adrenaline wore off and once they just had to do, like, regular missions, he couldn't help but, like want to have that same adrenaline rush back and he wants to have sort of like the fun adventures that a starfleet captain would have without the consequences of his actions and so this is wholly setting up the entire plot we're foreshadowing right away i mean these lines are crazy when they're like fight when kirk is fighting with spock and um You know, they're saying, what would happen? (laughs) Yeah, like Kirk and McCoy are having the discussion on the ship, like what would happen if our roles were reversed? And McCoy said, he'd let you die. And of course that's foreshadowing to the end of the movie. And so they're really just like
1: hammering this home, just like they did in Wrath of Khan. Well, I think Mm -hmm. also visually, they're even trying to show that Kirk doesn't play by the rules. I would never have noticed this again before this rewatch, but my husband is in the Air Force. And so whenever we watch movies or TV shows with any kind of military thing, he usually <laughs>, laughs at their uniform and he's like, that, that uniform is totally wrong. They yeah. don't know what they're doing. But in, like what he always says is the officers are supposed to wear, like any enlisted is supposed to wear their hat on their head when they're outside. That's like yeah. always the yeah. rule. But when Kirk is back at the academy and everyone else is in uniform, he doesn't have his hat on and everybody else does outside. So, and true. so even, you know, they're just starting it right away. He's not following the rules about his appearance. He's not mm-hmm. following the rules about being a captain. No one's even giving
0: him notes because they know who he's kind of related. You kind of get that gist, especially with how, oh, how yeah. Bones is looking at him. So they got the same gist that they had in movie one, except this time instead of, oh, I don't even know each other. I've just been assigned to the Enterprise. And then now mm-hmm. they're like, hey, how's it going? What do you eat for dinner? You know, And but yeah. Yeah. no, that's a good point. I, it, it is very complicated because this is like, so... I always, when I see a military movie or just movie with elements, I just have to buy that someone can physically do that, you know, yeah. stunt that they're going to eventually end up having to do. And, uh, my grandfather w- wasn't too critical of it. My grandmother was all a matter of, well, as long as they use certain diction and, you know, they're like, mm-hmm. they're using fubar in the right tense and all that. Um, I have a cousin who, you know, would do a lot of just kind of military tech, mm-hmm. uh, Gregory, out to you, and he would talk about like, I would quiz him on the military movies and everything, he wasn't as much into track anything, uh, yeah. controversial opinion, but he would talk about even, like, I, I confirmed a few things with him, like uh, Crimson Tide, which inspired movies like this, mm-hmm. and especially the last seasons of Enterprise, and, and mm-hmm. I was like, uh, so, I'm told that pretty much they got everything wrong about that, even though that's considered a <laughs> classic, and he's like, yes they did, but again, <laughs> quality dictates, because it's a damn good movie, even though
2: you can let it and slide I, yeah and and
0: he and he didn't fault them for how they designed the sub is like they didn't have access and
2: sure
0: to build on his point i have read that apparently it is an infringement if they use the military logo and everything so that's why mm-hmm. they flip it yeah,
1: and it seems like yeah. the only
0: one anyone shuts up about is shows like the unit so i'm just like hmm interesting or NCIS, cuz yeah. at least they're navy cops federal agents so it's like yeah sure it, if, if some actor flubs it or is disrespect that works because technically that character is always acting unprofessional anyway so it's
1: well and, and i think star <laughs> yeah. trek 2 like is kind of close to the air force but they really just fuse a bunch it of it is futuristic together. so yeah, yeah. yeah it's it <laughs> mean, probably always fused maybe yeah. space force is going to take up their design and just <laughs> rock it uh, <laughs> As long know. as there's no
0: emperor, I'm, I guess, but oof.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, I, I I remember the first time watching this movie, when they were having so many Pike scenes, I did start to get worried, because mm-hmm. that's kind of a trope where, it, it. where, yep, yeah. the, the shark is circling this character. Totally. If they're saying <laughs> things that they normally wouldn't say, like, it, you know, being really emotional, and they're like, you know, like, you're like a son to me. I was like, oh, no! Oh. <laughs> Bruce Greenwood, are you contracted for the rest of this movie? I'm getting nervous. All uh, right.
0: Were you guys already familiar with him as an actor? I had seen him in a bunch of things, just guest I, star I roles. Feel he like, seemed like. Yeah,
1: guest star yeah. stuff. I've seen him. But in. everyone
0: was more familiar with, I've seen him, but I don't know what. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I had seen Double Jeopardy. I'd seen uh, Passenger 57, where he played one of the mm. anal retina. Uh, agents, but yeah, he was just always coming kind, of, kind of just show up in anything Canadian or American, just playing a yeah, dad or there. what have you. Mm-hmm. And you look at his resume, <laughs> yeah. and like, here's not that. Oh, yeah. he's better than that. He made that movie better, and that movie deserves no credit. You know, he'd be in stuff like that. I'm like, totally. Awesome. Yeah. He
2: was the.
0: I had seen him as the president in National Treasure 2, which I didn't think was all that memorable. Oh sequel, But oh, okay. he has, I, Yeah, I think that's.
1: He where has came a great from. scene. He's
0: like, "How would you break into my White House again?" Hmm. So I knew he could do kind of just small. He's not exactly a comedic performer, but he can do those small little <laughs> just cheek, moments. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah, and if you want to go back to this... Call of Duty. He's the voice of Overlord in those other modern warfare oh, games. That's funny. And so that's when wild. I heard his voice, I'm like, I hear you, Pike. Yep, yeah. Roger. <laughs> yeah.
1: Roger on that, yeah. Oh god. So
0: yeah, it, he's pretty much doing the same shtick. I mean, all he has to do is just kind of fuse intimidating with but I respect you, but tough love. Yeah.
1: yeah exactly. Yeah, and he gets that across. Well, I, I so what do you guys think about this attack scene, Rihanna? Do you like like the way that they set this up? Do you think there was enough mystery around this like whole meeting that the admirals have? Yeah, I mean, I do think it is pretty
2: genius that like okay, attack the archives so that all the admirals will meet, and that is how Khan is able to like f- make sure they're all together at once to make this attack feel even more painful. Um, but I think it adds a double layer when I'm seeing Marcus in these following scenes and even yes. seeing him here and just knowing that he's going to be the bad guy and like s- seeing him pull the strings on his, in his own way. I'm like, wow, he's really sneaky. Like,
0: are you already familiar with Peter Weller at that point?
2: Um, only Not from really. enterprise for me. Yeah, just enterprise. Yeah.
0: Really? Yeah, I hadn't yeah. seen RoboCop or Screamers? Okay. Mm-hmm. So
2: yeah. Yeah, it yeah, was pretty new to me, but, like, the death of Pike, of course, does then sort of force our hero on his journey, even though he's a little reluctant and feeling... Lost, You know, now he's again promoted to captain because of Pike's death. And so he's right back in the
0: position. Unexpected. And he's not ready for this. He's shitting his pants. He's just like, no. No, 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 no. Say what you will, if it's formulaic, too familiar, it's at least you can understand why anyone would want to do this. It's like someone's got to die right away and tell the character, get your stuff together and get ready to ship out. Because now you're not in just a discovery mission. You're now on a revenge mission.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And this is also sort of hearkening to discovery that we've been seeing and like there's so many mm-hmm. times in star trek where like okay now it's the real deal especially in these yeah. movies this is such the case that now there's uh someone who's gonna do some shit and this is khan and he's now going to Kronos. which of course like this is the move that marcus sees an opportunity to get rid of him and to start war with the klingons he's like perfect so i look- can have my little war and i can get rid of that pesky little khan and all of his sleeper <laughs> agents <laughs> little pesky and, you know. con. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like this is really his His mentality, and he's using Kirk. And so, this is really interesting to me because I feel like this plot centers a lot more now around Kirk and company getting caught up in this revenge plot you know he's not now the center of it like spock was with nero or like kirk and khan were in the original movie and so i think Mm -hmm. this is so cool because now we're seeing kirk sort of being blindsided by this not knowing the relationship between marcus and khan and starting to trust khan a little bit only because of the enemy of your enemy kind of thing Mm -hmm. but then to know that this is Starfleet doing this too is so fucked up. It's just such a great plot that I think wasn't done in the best way, but like had a lot of potential. And I think this whole beginning scenes do have a lot of potential and they do build nicely. Like we're starting to learn it's John Harrison and we're getting to the Klingon planet. And I don't know. I'm, I'm curious what you all think sort of about Kirk and his just gung-ho attitude of, yeah, let's go and mm. fire fire the torpedoes at their home world and just see how it goes. How do you feel about him sort of playing this role while the rest of the crew is really insistent on, hey, let's check out these torpedoes first. Let's maybe <laughs> go capture Khan or capture Harrison before
1: we just jump into the fire kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um. I, I love that question because I was actually thinking about this too. I feel like Kirk's self-esteem is really down this entire movie and Mm -hmm. such a comparison to the last movie where he was hot shit the whole time and I'm going to say everybody, I'm the smartest guy in the room. He's Mr. Perfectly Fine, essentially. (laughs) And suddenly, like, he's lost everything. He lost the Enterprise. He lost Pike in a day. And now he is on this vendetta to, like, have revenge on Pike. And I think Mm -hmm. in the middle of all of that, he's lost himself. And even though he has all these like fail safes around him, like Spock is like, Hey, this is a bad idea and then Scotty says, Hey, this is a bad idea and McCoy <laughs> yeah. is like, This seems kinda like a bad idea. He's Jim. like, Your vitals,
2: Jim, <laughs> they're terrible. He never <laughs>
0: listened to him in the last movie and here he basically not yeah, not yeah, yeah, He's just, like, duly noted but without even saying it. Oh, and even like, Chekhov,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, he's like noted. This is a bad idea. Okay, keep it. He's not even going.
0: eating an apple or anything and nope. I mean <laughs> the rest of the movie, you know how like Spock goes into whole full blown, ah, you know, ape shit like he was in both these movies. And it's like, mm-hmm. here is like, Kirk is just going ballistic everywhere. Every turnaround, he is just ready for a fight. So basically, even if you don't want to call it Kirk, again, it is a mirror universe. And basically, this version of Kirk is just the ass kicker instead of subtleties and being a strategic warrior. Yeah, so it's just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, pretty much, he's steroid-induced. He's just like, ah, let's go fight.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, and I, I feel like this whole movie like kirk is emotionally compromised a little bit and they never totally. really talk about it but yeah. like he
0: totally it would is. have given it more credibility like just yeah. saying i know it's eating me up i need you spock to keep me in order just yeah bitch slap me once in a while or something and then he you never do that instead it's back to it, it goes into of weapon mode where <laughs> we're, yeah uh, it's all about we're just gonna jump away from explosions and yeah it's mm-hmm. like well, no no consequence whatsoever for what happens
1: yeah and yeah. i feel like this is what makes kirk like especially reckless in this movie like he offers uh, himself to do the space dive with khan he's crazy. the one who's yeah. going to go fix the enterprise and i feel like as badass as it is it's not healthy like it's coming from a place of he's self-sacrificial because he's like i lost <laughs> myself i all i know yeah. about is like getting revenge on pike and and he even says to i think uhura at some point or spock he's like i don't know what i'm doing like i'm doing the best that i can yeah Um, yeah
2: well and i really like seeing Kirk coming from this place because it's it's very different than like we were saying how we saw him in the first one but also just thinking how he is in the original series and how he doesn't get flustered like this very often and i think that truly this is a testament to the differences in his experience, like in Starfleet and just how the alternate timeline really like messed with everything with the order of Kirk's whole Starfleet timeline and everything. Mm -hmm. And so this is really... A show of how off kilter everyone feels, and I think this too, because Scotty leaves, and yeah. we have this whole departure Scotty, scene
0: of all people. Oh, he leaves. Like, so
2: sad. He's the powerhouse; like he literally is the one who constantly keeps the ship together. Oh. And it's being pawned off to a sweet little Chekhov, who is like only been shadowing over Scotty during his own like navigator duties. And so he still
0: got the weird like little gremlin guy who's following yeah. him around. Yeah, Keenzer. Yeah. There's <laughs> a bunch yeah. of weird aliens. French kissing of all things! I'm like, "Uh, oh yeah, in the bar. Something different. Is this the fifth element? What am I watching? Is this the cantina scene? It's
2: literally Star Wars. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Star
0: Wars, and I can't for the life of me find out who plays that weird electronic song that's playing because it is not on the soundtrack. So it's just so funny.
1: Or the score, and
0: I know they had someone compose a music video with some (laughs) semi-known indie singer, and that's not in the Mm -hmm. movie either. So. It must have been on the soundtrack, I can't confirm, but it's kind of like all the various cameos in the new Star Wars sequel trilogy. It's like, why even bother? You're just going to cut it. don't even mention it, yeah. Yeah. For the longest time, my sister and I, when we saw this, especially on a repeat, we were like, where are Kirk's parents? Because we're listening to the nightmare he has, and we don't even hear anything that remotely sounds like his dad or his mom. And I'm like, uh, cut.
2: Yep. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Bye. Yeah. We don't get anything from Winona. We didn't really even get anything from her in the first movie, except for like, yeah. her mother's off plan. Even Spock's like, okay. mom
0: is barely on screen. And is like, yeah, you know, she's in the deleted scenes, and I'm like, why even have characters if you really don't need them? And you're yeah, like, yeah, why yeah. isn't that in the movie? Because mm-hmm. otherwise she just comes up and then she dies. And so it's like everyone is a plot device at this point. And so again, you gotta force yourself to work with the movie because the movie's not working with you.
1: So I was thinking yeah. this too about how Chekhov was promoted. And Rihanna, I'm glad you said that there was a line about that Chekhov had been shadowing Scotty. Did you did you hear yeah. that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because they didn't mention that at all in last movie. You no. get, yeah. for all they we just know, switched. he's the powerhouse. I just yeah. didn't realize
1: that Chekhov like would fill in as chief engineer near and i feel like that's because the story is already so crowded with characters like mm-hmm. that are new especially that they don't have time to introduce like another funny or not even doesn't have to be funny but another chief another chief engineer because Mm -hmm. they're like let's just use Chekhov and I feel like Chekhov is like pigeonholed into this role which okay he is weapons officer which I can kind of Mm -hmm. understand because there's torpedoes on board but that's why Marcus is there so I felt like it was just a cheap solution to this it was and a stressful one for Chekhov you know like this is not a good place for
2: Chekhov to be because he's so stressed he's so stressed (laughs) it's not his fault that the warp core went off Line. I mean, this was truly a product yeah, of Yeah, he Marcus. doesn't do anything
0: and he's a good yeah. actor. And Yeltsin was good at just making the role his own as opposed mm-hmm. to, I'm just yeah. going to imitate the pros and cons of Chekhov. Hey, Mr. Captain, right. how are you doing? Heavily accented. And mm-hmm. Yahura pretty much doesn't get to do much except like assign coordinates and cry about Spock being and in jeopardy. But they don't.
1: Yeah, and speak
0: Klingon. But they don't get yeah. to revisit their romance that they were kind of forging. So it's just like, mm,
2: yeah they only had that one fight that? like on the shuttle, the and then, the shuttle. yeah don't <laughs> i
0: don't want you to go and sulu i will say i'm glad that he still gets to be in control yes. like especially near when part. the ship is crashing mm-hmm. and he's like we're not going anywhere and that's as much as you get from him because the rest of the time you know he at least already had a cool sword fight first time you see really him in action and outside of the main movie canon and gets to blow up the Death Star-type ship in the last movie, but yeah, here he gets to basically kinda look stern while the ship's being, you know, held hostage. And
2: yeah, I mean, he at least gets to take the con, which is also Bones. such a good scene. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Bones like- goes
0: with him on, a few, on some of the adventures, but the most he does is do the booby trap near the end. I don't know if you want to yeah, talk the- about that yet. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. He's got a huge body count to his name just from that one scene. I counted at least, like, 30 bodies blow up on that.
1: <laughs> I know, seriously. I'm like, um, I,
0: damn, pretty stone-cold doctor there. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't mind,
1: yeah. Um, I thought, so I did hear one Easter egg that, like, blew my mind, and that was in this it? scene right before they are going onto the planet. So, like, they're they're going to Kronos, and it's like seems like a terrible idea. This is Marcus ordering them essentially to be a military ship, and once they get to Kronos, they drop out of The god of war. war. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. The, the, the yeah, exactly. Literally wanting to start a war. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Tulu has the con, and he says, please have the trade ship confiscated from the mud incident last month. Mm-hmm. So like oh, i heard that too and have it refueled yes. and so mud. that yeah. means like they're i mean i know since it's an alternate universe they're just throwing everything out there mm-hmm. and but i'm, I'm thinking works. who would play mud in this universe i really want to mm-hmm. see that you know
0: i would be fine with rain wilson reprising it again actually oh, like, you know, yeah discovery. yeah
1: yeah absolutely i think it'd be. Perfect. i mean if
0: anything this needed more people from galaxy quest or
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh my God. I know. That was really fun. There's a lot of little good references here. Also the pregnant Gorn one I thought was so good. Wait, when I, McCoy that one. I do
0: said, <laughs> recall hearing that. He and said
2: he helped a, a pregnant Gorn give birth. And oh, yeah, so he's yeah, yeah. like, my hands are nice and steady.
0: <laughs> so. Right. That okay. was just funny just because of how it was structured. But yeah, it it's a double entendre, unlike the totally. mud thing, which is just a throwaway line, just seeing who might actually hear it. But yeah, so good, pretty much the yes. most thing everyone remembers is the tribbles. They're in here in of one course. scene, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. T- two scenes when he's <laughs> well, like testing the con blood, yes. and then
2: when
1: he saves Kirk. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. I was thinking
2: even when Kirk is like, Bones, what are you doing with that tribble? I was literally like, Bones, what are you doing with that plot point? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, to this
1: magic blood you just took from Kirk. Right. Where okay. are you going with this? <laughs> So thanks for saying Magic Blood because these are I I can't remember but somehow this is connected with the people who wrote The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. Yes, Orsi yeah. was involved yeah, with those. Yeah, it was Orsi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. the magic blood in both movies. I just, I can't. He must be
0: drinking some unusual Kool-Aid. Seriously. So yeah. like,
1: it's like, okay, what's going to solve Conspiracy this theory. whole plot? It's mm-hmm. just like, inject Khan's blood. This is what we see at the beginning. And I think this is like, maybe, is yeah. that the only reason to have that scene? It was to set up. I think so. Oh yeah. my yeah. God. It, it like, well, in the archives. being. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: It thinks it's deep, but it's not. But at the same time, to its credit, is like, you're also seeing sides of stuff that none of the tracks would dare to go. So it's just like Agreed. this is maybe hackneyed writing, but it's also interesting. So it is. yeah, you mm-hmm. just wish there was a better rewrite, let alone just a director who could add his two cents and just say, okay, let's lead up to this a little more. Yeah.
2: Exactly, like, I thought, though, that it was cool that they didn't need to say any dialogue in the beginning of that, though. You know, like, the whole time it's just visually done so well that, like, visually I was impressed right away. I'm like, whoa, okay, like, they stepped up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Actually, this year it was nominated, the effects were nominated for an Oscar. They didn't win, but it's cool because Star Trek never gets nominated for anything, so...
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's the thing everyone loves, and yet there's still like prejudice against sci-fi industry. I get yeah, tired when true. I see people complaining about horror movies being ignored or action movies. I'm like, there's always at least one person talking about something. They're talking about something quiet shocking place
2: for me, or, right? Like, or John yeah.
0: Wick or what have you. And it's like, mm-hmm. so don't tell me it's in a shortage. A lot of people do like them. They just, I don't know. They either don't understand the genre or they don't know what makes it good. Yep. This. Yeah. I like this version the of region. track because, well, I don't love this as track track, but I also like the scenario they have. This is Die Hard in space, you know. Yeah. Instead of Hans yeah. Gruber, Alan Rickman, you it got is. Cumberbatch's <laughs> Khan, and he kind of was Gruber before it was cool. So it's just like I always, like you mentioned with First Contact, it was always cool when there was a takeover of the ship, or yeah. even with Insurrection, which is like Seven Samurai, Return of the Jedi, save the village from the outlaws. <laughs> yeah. and, here, it kind of does the whole diehard on a ship tactic for a bit. And then it kind of abandons it and says, let's just transfer to the other ship. And then do all these born Identity kind of fight scenes. And that's kind of where the movie then just goes, okay, and now we got nothing left in these last 20 minutes. Let's rip off the iconic scene from Khan and then do a reverse. Someone else dies, so... Didn't see that coming, did you?
2: Yeah, they're fighting on the flying cars. Yeah, and that's like, where it really oh my loses God. me. here's another like, tired story. <laughs> like we've seen this the action. Enterprise
0: scene. has landed and now we don't have a moment to catch our breath. Now, yeah, now Kirk is jack Bauer on 24. Where's the bomb? He's uh, Yeah, I
1: feel running like running around I feel like this was a
0: like a Super Smash level you
1: could play. You know, like <laughs> the way that they're jumping from car to car, Splinter when cell like the, the scenery is yeah. transitioning. Yeah, yeah I'm like I've, I've played this level in Smash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. You're almost expecting him to do a. Here's a PlayStation call-out, uh, Crash it. Team Racing, yeah, yeah, there you go, and just yeah. get in carts, and they're just crashing against each other, but no, instead, yeah, yeah her is helping, pretty much this is what Hura gets to do, she gets to arrest Khan, mm-hmm. after like he's that. been, Yeah, that I is
2: cool. that cool, She's like, that's like the only down. good
0: thing about this scene, yeah. the rest of it is like, Jesus, I, thought, is Kirk, I yeah. thought Khan was like a superhuman, he had no problem crushing the crooked Admiral Peter Weller guy's head, yeah, and he already to his track, gets. Head too. Yeah, yeah and yeah, then he tries to read dark. it and everything. Yeah. That's really as creative as it gets, is with the actors' interaction there. But yeah, this is like, then he's like beating the shit out of Kirk. I'm like, how does Kirk not have a broken nose? He's being Fox, Yeah. everywhere. So,
1: when yeah, I totally. I thought it was interesting that they were trying to build it up because at first, like, no one knows who Khan is except the audience, mm-hmm. and we're all freaking out. Yeah, when yeah. He's in the brig. He's the brig. You're the brig. Yeah, and everybody's <laughs> talking to him. You kind of think like maybe you know the enemy of the enemy is my friend and Kirk even mm-hmm. quotes that and so I'm thinking like are they are they really <laughs> gonna do this in this movie you know like are they gonna yeah. a team yeah. up yeah. with Khan yeah which is so weird and the only thing that was really satisfying about that for me was when they're actually on Admiral Marcus's ship and we get to see Khan's speech to him and then when he just literally murders him and like kicks the crew's ass. I actually thought that was awesome. I was low-key. It reminded me of in Rogue One, you know, where you see Darth Vader at the very end and you're like go Darth Vader, like murder these people. (laughs) I kind of felt that way seeing Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan like murdering Marcus. Mm -hmm. I was like (laughs) woohoo!
2: You know? yeah that was
1: that was fucked up too like especially because i really i
2: do like the scene besides all the improbability and craziness of them trying to do this flying through space to get into this tiny airlock i still really liked the Scotty and end an end asteroid field. remember oh my god yeah, exactly <laughs> my
0: helmet's yeah. cracking helmet's yeah, god, yeah. Ah.
2: i mean this they did the same scene in discovery i'm like wow discovery really liked this scene i guess because they did like such a similar one mm-hmm. um, but yeah so i think my is that once they're actually in conship, that part really does pick up for me and, and I really enjoy it because Scotty first gets yeah. this amazing banter. He's oh like my God. he's like, I'm running, stand by, you know, and he's uh <laughs> like he's just, you know, such a comedic genius that it's so fun to watch Simon Pegg along with these other like legends. And so mm-hmm. he's just like, You're big, who are, who's he? You know, <laughs> like right. it's just so funny to see him just have this banter with Khan, who is completely just like monotone and you're like, you're not business. as far as you think you are, yeah. buddy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Khan exactly. is so
1: serious, too. And this mm-hmm. this Khan is a little bit different from the Khan that we know um, from the Wrath of Khan and Space Seed. He hasn't been right. exiled, so he's not yeah. bitter yet. Well, it, no, <laughs> yeah. That brings me to my next
0: point because, yes, exactly. like, Track Untold told me this is like, The complaint was that it was whitewashing and everything, and it's just like, Mm -hmm. in all fairness, while I'm not supporting that, I do also kind of, it's like, it is kind of a different version of Khan, so for all we know, he kind of had a different origin story, Mm -hmm. but it's called Harrison as opposed to, yeah, Singh, and and so it's just like, hmm, so this is weird, because, I mean, it's already... A different universe, because, you know, Sulu was played by a Korean-American instead of, instead <laughs> of
1: Japanese. yeah.
0: Japanese-American. yeah, Japanese So it's just like, it is kind of what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why Bashir portrayer Alexander Siddig liked his role, because he was never exploited based on his race for his role. Yeah. And it's his famous role of date. So it's just totally. like, yeah, it's weird in that. You like seeing Benedict Cumberbatch playing evil, but you just don't buy him as Khan. And it's just at the yeah. same time, it's like could it, it just was Khan an alias at this point? What's going on here? Because it
1: could have just well, been another villain. Like what's this wrong is the thing with keeping him John Harrison and have this background be like. I mean, we've seen humans. He could
0: have just said I traded with Khan or something, or I, yeah, I took his identity exactly. You know? could I have know. an
1: Easter egg. I'm well, a wanted
0: terrorist either way.
1: Instead and, of Khan, mm-hmm. who's just
0: a freedom fighter, more or less. Well, know. and in yeah.
1: Enterprise, we even see that there are—I want to say—metahumans. I've been watching so much Flash. Um, <laughs> no, um, there is, uh, yeah, like they uh, had his sw- genetically enhanced, his people. genetically yeah. enhanced humans. Like mm-hmm. are on Enterprise. Like we know that there was some survivors from mm-hmm. the '90s, and so like, what if like this didn't have to be Khan? This could be like someone else. Yeah, just keep absolutely. with John Harrison and don't mess with Khan, like, let Ricardo Montalban rest in peace.
2: Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. like, the whole thing is that, like, Marcus found him before Kirk did because of Vulcan's destruction, and so, like, they started looking further, yeah. and that's they how they found Yeah, That's how they did Spacey. I really quickly want to talk a little bit about Carol Marcus in this movie and just, like, how different she is from the Carol Marcus we know in Wrath of Khan. Yes. Particularly because Kirk doesn't know her coming into this. This isn't something where we yeah. are having Kirk being like, oh, That's oh good. my God.
0: I didn't realize that was the same character. Because <laughs> yeah. she kind of just mentions her name and goes, and you're like, oh. And I was already okay. familiar with Alice E, but this was a bigger mm-hmm. role for her. She'd been in Men in Black Free and a bunch of other things. Mm, and so yeah. it's like, yeah, I still don't know why everyone was disrobing we, yeah, I This is miss- the thing that pisses why? me off.
2: It's just a way for, like, the sexy Trek and a for, way for, like, it was just to sexualize the women on it. It's just so annoying. It, and this well, is constantly a thing in, in these new movies, particularly, where we're just seeing, yeah. like, good women. We get
0: it women. that it's part of the character, but it can still be well-written, even if it's a cringe. Like, say what you want about the last movie, at least you understood, okay, Starfleet is kind of like a college dorm. Everyone's hitting cool. on each other, yeah. so it makes sense why... Kirk would be occupied with Yahura's green green lady, alien yeah. roommate. Yeah, Gala,
1: yeah. yeah Gala. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing, too, is when, like, Kirk is in bed with the two aliens, like, he's having a threesome. I'm totally fine <laughs> yeah. with that. I'm like, get it, Kirk. That's your jam. Classic, like, yeah. he's he's pan as fuck, you know. But what's He'll stupid anything. is, yeah. did you yeah.
0: see that article that Abrams responded to it when the complaint was by releasing a deleted scene of shirtless Benedict in the shower? I'm like, what does that got to do with anything?
2: <laughs> oh yeah people were so mad about that they just wanted to see it sure doesn't make it better that only oh enforces God. it
0: because you're in assuming that people came to this just because everyone's hot. It's like, okay, yeah. I have nothing against beautiful people, but we came here for content of some kind. Well, and I think <laughs> it's
1: an underestimation of the fans, too, because I remember that scene being a trailer moment, and I kept because like, I saw this trailer, like, a thousand times because mm-hmm. I was so hyped. <laughs> that was, yeah. like, one of the main focuses of the trailer was, like, then you see her, like, naked. She's like, turn around! And I, yeah. and you're like, okay, you know, they're reaching out to, like, fans who are like, no, like oh, come Star sexy. Trek. There's a naked yeah. chick in it you know yeah
2: it's yeah. so dumb it's it's idiotic and like what else do we get about Carol her dad is famous Admiral and she doesn't want him to start a war and she's a so science officer at weapons and then you
0: kind of forget about it at that, that point yeah. after she's done helping them where where does totally. she go after that she goes she like gets back her leg to broken
2: the... and then back to the <laughs> okay. enterprise
0: yeah and she's horrified <laughs> yes. ah! Oh, and this is where it becomes yeah. an alien movie and it's like oh
1: my I was god like, come on. honestly that yeah. cracked me up because Khan like hulks out on everyone and then because he like beats up kirk like mm-hmm. really beats him and i thought yeah he's tossing first, him yeah i was yeah. like oh that's nice because he just kind of pushes carol and i was like okay mm-hmm. he's not gonna beat up carol and then he like steps on her leg and i'm like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> like oh like he just well yeah. he did just like you know squeeze her dad's head so i think he has no qualms i mean i don't <laughs> care like you know beat up whoever you want to but i i thought they <laughs> were playing into the like men do not beat up women and oh, then nope, yeah con just like <laughs> con does whatever he <laughs> wants, yeah. destroys her leg i thought that was i actually kind of liked it i don't know why i was so pro con in this movie uh, i when think I was it's just because it he really
0: time. he's just the thing that just gels is like i mm-hmm. kid you not both viewings in the theater i yelled bullshit yeah. After he's in the cell <laughs> and he goes, I am Khan. It's yeah. kind of it's just how I was with him in those Hobbit prequels. I know I'm a huge mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. movie and book fan and I know people like the Hobbit things, but yeah, when I got to movie 2, I was like, done, this just isn't yeah, doing it same. with me. But yeah. he was the highlight as the voice of Smog. because I'm like, yes. who else has the perfect voice for this? I don't like how the Literally. dragon's animated. I don't like how the whole movie's unfolding, but it's just how you're just more powerful than the material. It's like, okay, He's not con. I but totally agree. Yeah, he's a that's great so villain. He is just stilling every scene. He is relishing in this. He has those vocals down to a T and
2: Totally. Yeah.
0: Have you guys seen him do the interviews where he does impressions of other celebrities? Yes.
2: It's yeah, a, yeah so He's so, crazy. so, so like, talented. Yeah, he's also sympathetic, more I think so, than Ricardo Montalban was as a con. And so we're getting that he's also kind of a victim of this manipulation, like you were saying, Ashlyn. And so I think that's the other reason that like even as he's like breaking legs and going crazy. I'm still kind of like, well, I get it, dude. Like, don't murder all these people, mm-hmm. but I get it. <laughs> you know, like if your crew's in danger, right? he asked Kirk, like, is there anything that you wouldn't do for your crew? Well, and I actually, <laughs> what
0: you want to do?
1: <laughs> I think that line yeah. really sticks with Kirk for the rest of the movie. I'm so glad you said it, Rihanna Like that mm-hmm. whole speech, honestly, it made me tear up watching this. And I, mm-hmm. like, I really am just like, it's kind of, like so mixed on this movie, but <laughs> that scene really mm-hmm. moved me. And seeing him, actors like, are
0: more powerful than the material. Exactly what you yeah, said yeah exactly.
1: and i was questioning i mean obviously like i know what happens but i really felt like they built that suspense of is con telling the truth or is this just another emotional manipulation and, yeah yeah and your point. i wasn't sure honestly like i think it's a little bit of both he was trying to get kirk to understand like literally my crew is in those torpedoes yeah but maybe he's like <laughs> milking it a little just to really get kirk on yeah his
0: and at this point He's just Truly. so mighty. He doesn't have to resort to money or currency or even mm-hmm. bribing anybody. Uh, he's so
1: smart. He doesn't need to. Yeah. He, yeah. he
0: can kill him, and he doesn't have to survive on oxygen. I think he said, which is why it's just so yeah. funny. He's like, I don't know why you're putting me in the suit. I can breathe <laughs> just fine.
2: Literally, and he's like, I'll walk over your cold corpse. That part is I'm epic. Like, that is
1: great. <laughs> when, What did you both think about having Leonard Nimoy back in this movie for the brief Mm. amount of time we saw him? What do you think? That was a lot of
0: fun, yeah. Because especially when he had already done that SNL appearance where he was like, "You guys are gonna hate this, and you are all dickheads." So it was just like (laughs) it was kind of fun just seeing Mm -hmm. how he had that rapport. He had approved of who was playing young Spock, and it was just good to know that it hadn't been just a gimmick. I was like, okay. He's still going to mess with the timeline help him how he can from afar. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I agree. I think, Cam, you're so right. It was just really fun to see him there again. And also just, like, even though I thought that, okay, they didn't have to reach out to him. The events still occurred of that, you know, reverse Wrath of Khan. It still happened. And, and you're not even, wondering where
0: he's been the whole time because you knew yeah. his plot line had been concluded. Exactly.
2: Exactly, yeah. And so, so. I feel like it was interesting, though, because it is sort of, I think, could fall into the trap of, like, Greek person who could see the future or the told you your future. Yeah, yeah. your oracle told you yeah. the future. Is that's so sort of the yeah. oracle? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. or you're this. not
0: just a uh, punchline. Like, they did that with the Expendables, where Bruce Willis wanted too much money. He got mm-hmm. fired by Stallone, and so then they replace him with Harrison Ford, and they jokingly say, oh... Well, he got hunted down by all the CIA who wanted him dead, yada yada. and it's like, oh, Burn, <laughs> that's what you do for getting fired from a franchise. They right. didn't do anything like that either, where, yeah, because it always stinks when, in certain franchises where you have to substitute one actor and they're replaced by another mm-hmm. actor, but you still want the other actor back, nothing against the new guy who totally joined the crew, and it's like... Can I have all the characters in one epic movie well, instead actually,
1: of... Well, actually, yeah. They were thinking about having William Shatner back for this one. And I remember yeah. hearing rumors that he was going to be in this one. And I really was like, oh, Please, God, God no. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't they know had about done, that. They
0: wanted to do that on Enterprise. And he was just like mm-hmm. unaffordable, like $30 million. An yeah. average episode is $2 million, So you're like, that's not yeah, happening. No. Yeah, And how would that have worked? You can't make him look Literally. like how he looked early on it'd have to be a
1: voiceover or something i feel like they would like drop him from the nexus for like five minutes Yeah. (laughs) like okay here's kirk from the nexus and he like went back in time or i
0: Uh, i don't even know (laughs) now that well and then it might even risk being like generations where like you say he says lines that. that feel like they're meant for another character and it's like yeah, so it's just so William bad. Shatner being William Shatner mm-hmm. yeah and so <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm glad
1: also like having Nimoy in here is enough of a reminder to be like okay like that was a good movie N- Nimoy's mm-hmm. the king but also like these movies are starting to move away and like have like stand on their own two feet you know or own they're still even
0: feet. communicating afterwards he's getting yeah. advice yeah. so it was like okay so he wasn't just Lost. He yeah, also was helping. helping. I do exactly.
1: I do feel like mm-hmm. they went to Nimoy's house and like recorded him on his couch though, because he's definitely totally got a little like zoom. a Zoom background. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: And yeah. He was just like, I, "Don't
1: fuck with Khan, man." Yeah.
0: <laughs> it could have been with a green screen. Yeah. I mean, he was already on Fringe at this point, so I'm not surprised that he and Abram still had a relationship yeah. and he asked him back. Mm-hmm. But there were other celebs who spoke about this movie. I know Takai said he thought it was an entertaining, but he just mm-hmm. didn't understand why. He, Again, Harrison couldn't be someone else besides Khan. Yeah,
1: yeah, literally. <laughs> We're all,
0: I think, agreeing with mm-hmm. this. Yeah,
2: I, yeah totally. Um, so It's
0: got shit in it, but it's not distracting to where he's like, okay, so it's not track, but it's, it's fun. It's, it's so fun. fun. Yeah, it
2: is a good time. Yeah, exactly. It's I,
0: sloppy, but it's not mm-hmm. to where you just can't forgive it or have some kind of level of fun. I, I understand even critics like the sci-fi movie page who give this a very giant... Rating like a three and a half out of four. I've seen other people give mm-hmm. it a one out of four. I totally understand both sides of the argument. I I, yeah, I do.
2: Same. Mm-hmm. And
0: at the same time, I mean, it could have been so much worse. I I can't get behind Star Trek Beyond on popular opinion. Oh That's really? where the franchise goes all fast and furious. Mm. That's where I tune out. I, I just, you have all these people making cameos in it and you just can't recognize them because they got such thick makeup and a little backstory.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: And I was like, I, I can't tell. Idris at that point still wasn't as known of an actor for me to mm-hmm. know who the hell he was. So this to me is the last of the bunch that I really dig. Don't get me wrong. I look forward to seeing what continuation they're going to do with this upcoming one. But I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I've seen the 09 one so many times it's pretty much ingrained mm-hmm. in my mind i would happily re-watch this again just because it is simple pleasure comfort food even though it's not original <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah this is another question i have for you both is does so i just said so i'm, I'm gonna sound like an asshole because i'm reversing myself but <laughs> no. I, you know like i the, i was just saying that the series is finally like starting to grow into its own and not really mm-hmm. relying so much on original trek and yet, this ending with Kirk and Spock having the role mm-hmm. reversal, it's relying so heavily into the Wrath of Khan that I'm wondering, all these new fans that Abrams got from 2009, do you think they're feeling satisfied from this ending? Or do you feel like, oh, this is clearly a reference to something? Like, I wish I had the perspective of not have seen a Wrath of Khan and felt like, am I still mm-hmm. crying about Kirk dying? Crying about Kirk dying. <laughs> 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 Yeah because I liked it but again like if I just was watching it with my blinders on and not thinking at all about the other movie I am feeling emotion because Kirk finally got the chance to make a choice and have the repercussions be really serious but fuck it he saved the whole crew but when nimoy or not nimoy when quinto screams (laughs) no i can't it's so bad it's so cheesy it like
2: ruins the moment and it's that part i think is when it turns into a reference and when it departs from its own moment Ah. he's doing his
0: best acting but just Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's the take they use or I yeah. think it's just the edit. I Because I, yeah, seeing it twice on the big screen, it does make a difference with the Dolby and what you're hearing. And it's just like... Totally. Ah, come on, guys. You know he's not really dead. We've seen this before. So it exactly. is one of those... Actor sells it. Music sells it. Obviously, the effects are good. They're in a total green screen thing. It also yeah. just gets me wondering, why did people have issues with parts of the prequels using all giant green screen and yet virtually every blockbuster like this is using green screens galore. So I'm just yeah, like, I
2: know, yeah. I don't
0: understand the problem when they were doing what they were doing at the mid to late 90s. And
1: they're just doing it again. They're I, saving money. You they're know? doing it yeah, again anyway.
0: Yeah. So it just makes you wonder if people were just not used to it and they bitched and moan or what. That's but probably yeah. it, yeah.
2: It's something new, so it's something I, they don't like. I think it's <laughs> yeah, safe to something.
0: say... These movies just have enough action for today's crowd and a likable cast that they're generally agreeable for most people. Mm. People who grew up with the originals like them just because it's a simple enough plot and they like the humor. So it's pretty much now is the in-between crowd is where you really look at it critically and it's just like, okay, it's just popcorn. Star Trek was more deep and it had the popcorn moments to appeal to a wider audience, but just don't go into it with wide uh, attention and really... Shame on Paramount for just underestimating the fandom. I mean, Mm -hmm. did you see that report that they said there's like five different Blu-ray versions of this, none with the same special features on it? I'm like, so crazy. Makes no sense at all. That's so weird. But that that just shows you how competitive it was. Like Netflix would Mm -hmm. have a different rental copy, Redbox would have a different rental copy, Best Buy would have different exclusives than what would might be offered by someone else. I'm like, it's crazy. No one is going to buy the same movie five times. I guarantee you, unless right. they're the consumer and they want a bigger sell. So yeah, I, I really exactly. don't understand why this fourth movie has taken so long to develop. Well, so because you got to do it in a time.
1: Like, I feel like mm-hmm. all these movies take forever. And I, I feel like, if yeah, you're, like what Marvel did so well is, you know, to really build their franchise up with the MCU. It's like movie after movie was coming out every year, every other mm-hmm. year. And by the time it was at the end, it was like three movies in a year yeah Um, i know star trek is not that ambitious and Mm -hmm. even in the original series movies it took forever for some of these movies to come out and there was a lot of time between them
0: and it did good at having the crossovers because you didn't have to you know oh i missed the other episode of the other show which i don't watch you know so i have to tape them together just to get what happened it's like no you don't need any lead up of that if you don't get it you at least kind of already got assumption okay that's someone from the other show that's what they're referencing yeah, exactly. yeah. and, and with all
1: these time between it just
0: yeah you start losing superhero interest. movies some
1: distance yeah. yeah
0: that's the only issue i have with superhero movies some of the after cred stuff doesn't hold up because it's like well i didn't like that continuation or i like that continuation but i like everything to stand on its own and did that pretty well for the most part for and sure like it really if did. you don't understand yeah. the reference on deep space nine when Worf brings the defiant back it's like that's okay yeah you, yeah
1: exactly I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's still still crucial to
0: the plot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I I really do hope with this new guy they got, I know he's worked on the Fargo show, WandaVision, and a bunch of other Mm -hmm. stuff, so it's like, okay, so he's worked on everything. He's used to effects and everything. I I just hope they have a good script because they passed on Tarantino, who's like a giant. I can't believe that. I would so mad. Yeah, and he loves Trek. I feel like he would do a really fun Star Trek movie too. (laughs) He would give him even peppy dialogue. People forget there's plenty of moments in his movies where there is no cursing.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, Yeah. and it's still hilarious. Like he has so many quippy moments, so funny. Like truly, what the sort of nature of these new movies are are very quippy and Mm -hmm. kind of reminds me of the MCU and Star Wars. This is sort of the era that we're in of like you have to have like constant. Banter, quip, 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 and totally. like it does it well though in this movie, and I think that's partially mm-hmm. what makes it the most entertaining. I do think though that like this movie does pave the way for Beyond. I'm a huge fan of Beyond, and so I think that like okay. this one allows like okay, we've done the ode to old Trek. Now we can truly have our own thing for Beyond, and so it's just totally. interesting to see the comparison because the first movie of 2009 was them to. Like introduce the world and the alternate universe and all of this stuff, and then movie number two is the ode, and then three is their sort of breakout. But it also is like you didn't have to do the. In every middle. era has their
0: weaker movie, you know <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. oh, exactly.
2: Yeah. So yeah. like
0: yeah. original series it's bound had to happen, <laughs> right? Original series had part five. Mm -hmm. But I kind of find that fun in a cheesy way. It is. It's fun
2: in its own way. Yeah. Yeah. And then you
0: know, (laughs) next gen. You know, people were torn between generations and nemesis, and it's just Mm -hmm. like, okay, whatever. And yeah, I think beyond, I don't know. That's where it's like it's just a different movie. This is a homage movie. It's a fan film, but on a big budget. (laughs) For sure, we're gonna yeah. crash the ship just like in Generations. We're gonna have mm-hmm. a saboteur just like Gone to Scare Country, and then we're gonna have just other haha. Do you get that moments and totally, exactly. but Thank it you. it makes sense why it went there. I mean, we started mm-hmm. out with Star Wars. Now we got Dark Knight, you know, with Khan, then we and we got now... something following. So yeah. I, there's no telling what the next movie will be. If it'll be just a totally original adventure, kind of like but, how you're saying with Discovery, how now it's on its feet, it's doing what it really wants mm-hmm. to do after building up building up so yeah it is kind of like in a way this is kind of the track shows in, in general like it's after true. two years on autopilot now it's time to get to business <laughs> fully
2: engaged yeah. yeah
1: i feel like this movie because i i don't rewatch it because i have so many issues with it But I will say, like, for new Trek fans, Uh, it's important because of the relationships that are developed even further in this movie. And if you just watch 2009 and jump straight to beyond, you're going to be confused and not understanding (laughs) the depths of the relationships that are developed in this movie. And for that, I actually really enjoy it. Like, all the character Mm -hmm. moments are awesome. I love, like, the conflict when Scotty leaves the Enterprise and you feel how emotional that is for Kirk and how hard of a choice that is. And I feel Mm -hmm. like everybody, we kind of lose the cast a little bit. Like the bridge crew are a little bit separated because of all the disagreements. And Kirk is going through his whole emotional journey. But then at the end, everyone comes together. We're a real, a tested crew. Who is now been given this five year mission? Once again, mm-hmm. Kirk is giving a speech, and suddenly they're like a year in the future. I was like, "What the fuck right. is going on?" Yeah, but what, again, this time we joke. see
0: even more of Starfleet this time. Last time we yeah, saw Kirk it was, was like, leaving. This time we're all. seeing it almost get swept by a tidal wave when yeah. the ship crashes. <laughs> like, yeah. like... this
1: is as bad as the Zindi attack. Like this, you know, yeah. I mean, not all Zindi. of Florida was yeah. destroyed. But, yeah, not like, as bad. But I feel still... like the city of San Francisco was crushed Demolished. under one ship. Yeah, so that yeah. crazy. Yeah. Terrorist Last time
0: we heard of crashes in Starfleet. We thought of the episode next gen where Wesley, you
1: know, yeah, on yeah, professional yeah. classmates. Like, exactly. Uh-huh. But totally. yeah, so I just feel like as many problems as I have with this movie. I do merit it that it's got some good character moments and I do feel like Kirk totally. and Spock's relationship specifically is really yes. awesome by the end of this mm-hmm. movie and I really, I do really like that. So if I can just yeah. kind of like overlook everything else and, you know, just let the problems wash through me. I yeah. do like watching this one. It's Ashlyn, hard because there is
0: so a lot true. of blockage before you get to exactly. the goods. Uh, yeah. It's,
1: mm-hmm. it's a, it, mm-hmm. We should have do done it. Do you want a, a nice game, shower or do you honestly. want a quick shower? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: So
2: true. Yeah. Well, and Ashlyn, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm thinking too, this movie does have a lot of movement when it comes to characters because there's. Kirk and Spock having this big argument in the beginning of like Spock why didn't you trust me just to save your life and Spock is citing regulations you broke the Prem Directive you completely altered this planet's destiny and I think both are very valid but I think Spock is coming from a place of like I need to uphold my duty to Starfleet Mm -hmm. and Kirk is coming from a place of I need my officers to trust me and so they're at this disconnect where there's this lack of trust and respect for each other that then by the end of this movie is so solidified and we really get to see finally the two of them sacrificing themselves for each other you know spock goes berserk at the end and like <laughs> you know just really acts for kirk you know but it a little shows confusion, that confusion
0: uh-huh. a little confusion on supporting characters does cupcake die in this i always got the sense that yeah, he got bombarded everyone got so. slaughtered he does. but they don't show it i'm like
2: i know I'm like, last cupcake. thing we
0: need is uh <laughs> one thing i do not like about especially on a wicca is status on no i'm like, okay. It's right. one or the other. Dead? Is he in a coma? Yeah. So no. In the hospital? Okay. Where is he? And <laughs> it seemed like everyone died, which made me wonder. Like, it was kind of a missed opportunity for them to joke about the red shirt thing. Yeah. Right. could have made yeah. a uniform joke, broken the fourth wall a bit. And totally. this was what this movie totally needed more of. It was just Because, like you say, I didn't know about the mud reference. And that is one of those, like yeah what were they talking about oh well it been it's nice. not fu- it's yeah. not haha it's not fun and yeah, funny it's yeah. just kind of oh yeah, i is. see what you did there yeah
2: mm-hmm. you rascal totally,
0: totally. it's kind of yeah. i don't know it's kind of like do you want to meet the cool kid in school or do you want to meet the jokester or do you want to meet the guy who's yeah. just cool and then he's funny and mischievous it's like i kind of want to meet the best of both worlds i want to meet yeah exactly someone All of them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah and absolutely. we're getting so he's yeah, like this has a better villain than part one and yet Part one had more development and just kind of humor. And so it's like, hmm.
2: Exactly. So true.
1: So,
0: What side of the coin do you want?
1: One last thing I want to bring up before we wrap up here. And so we talked mm-hmm. last week that 2009, like this movie and this series, like these three movies, really kind of jump started the Star Trek franchise. And now we have all of these shows coming out. And mm-hmm. so I feel like Discovery specifically. Took a lot from this movie and the Klingons, the style especially. Yeah, the style totally, and the Klingons absolutely. look very similar to how they look on Discovery, and mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if that's a deliberate choice, but I think it yeah. is. Totally. I thought it was really 100%. interesting that this updated Klingon look translates into Discovery. I mean,
2: even doing the Klingon font and like everything, you know how they translate in the movie is similar to how they do it in Discovery. I feel like they definitely went with this style we because totally like maybe forgot. it's sleek. Yeah. Yeah. It there's is, that yeah. giant
0: Klingon raid, and then it's kind of just tossed out the window. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah.
2: Yeah. no consequences to that, to a bunch of Klingons getting murdered by Harrison. Well, like, so
0: I, f- I feel like there's. Might as well have been stormtroopers. Be
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think I'm sure there's some missing scenes or missing scripts. Like it got cut out of the final script but (laughs) I know that again reading that interview with Lindelof he was saying that they wanted to include Klingons and Khan
0: in the same movie.
1: So they put the Klingons into this tiny scene that like doesn't make sense and...
0: Why not have Khan take over the Klingon Empire? That would be more entertaining. Oh my, that would
1: be crazy. Like how about a fight to the (gasps) death, attack of the clones, running men
0: type (laughs) battle where they all got to fight each other and then you could sneak in a Kirk versus Spock arena battle, yeah, okay.
1: yeah exactly. there you go. Well, like we don't <laughs> do, need Marcus do, do, do. Khan and the Klingons. Like, pick one no. and or two and go with yeah. it. We don't need three villains. Thing things. one,
0: thing two. Red shirt, one five, and five. <laughs> exactly.
1: I don't think anyone yeah. even
0: wore a red shirt in this, did they? Other than the guards in the brig. Yeah, yeah. And
1: Uhura, I mean, Scotty. Yeah, yeah, other it's than always, them, yeah.
0: obviously. Yeah. Chekhov
1: put a red shirt um, on in this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've vetted this before. I can understand why Orsi was out of line with his FU fans comment. And at the yeah. same time, I mean, it was also one of those, know your place, buddy. You didn't create this. You got to just chill. Yep. Yeah, Don't absolutely. feed the trolls. People are going to get butthurt
2: either way. Yep. Yeah. They
0: will always be butthurt. And you can be the bigger man and step up to the plate and say, going for this. We're sorry it did not appeal to you in this. I mean, for mm-hmm. God's sakes, you worked on both live-action and animated Transformers. I think you yeah. can appeal to different kinds of audiences, and I think that's just it. I think that's why he fell out of favor with any kind of community, because it, uh, it just wasn't professional. it just was professional to just no. attack. It's, it's like, at well, now you unnecessarily caused more hatred towards this movie before it. I can't remember mm-hmm. if he said it. Was it after it came out or before? I think it was after. Okay, I mean, so yeah. it was all a blur. I was there at the time, and I was always like, can understand where he's coming from, and at the same time, come on, dude. Yeah. Seriously.
2: <laughs> just chill. Yeah. For real. Wow. I
0: thought I, Lindelof was outspoken, and you joined the parade too, and I had fuel to <laughs> the fire, and being like, you yeah. know what, guys?
2: Fuck off. Yeah. Like, just chill. Ridiculous.
0: And yeah. Nemo Kurtzwin never said anything. He said, I hope you like it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yep. Literally. He's
1: <laughs> like, and <"Bye."> you know, he's <laughs> yeah. still doing Star Trek, you know? Yeah, still exactly. doing Star Trek. Yeah. Someone <laughs> got invited back, and yeah.
0: Orsi did Amazing Spider Man, and now you see <laughs> me, and. I don't yep. know what he's doing now. But no, not okay.
1: working. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think he's working
0: oh. but just definitely not. He, not, he, what I'm he, yeah. <laughs> not what he wants to probably and yeah. someone lost his number yeah. conveniently.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Man, this has been quite a journey. I'm I'm glad that you all feel similarly because I was just so conflicted the entire movie about do I Mm -hmm. like this, do I not? Can I overlook these problems? Can I not? And I feel like kind of what I was saying earlier, overall, it is a fun movie. Cam, like you were saying, have some popcorn, get yourself a drink. Yeah. and you can enjoy
0: this movie cuz Discovery is, is like it takes the same style but it's just deeper and it's like yep. okay so mm-hmm. this is why i can accept it as part of the track canon because yeah. it's just like it's made by people who know it better even returning casting and crew and so it's like this is just kind of a you know if you don't want to call it a fan film this is just is it it oh, is what it's it is. a love letter. A, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, everyone, you. for listening. Yeah, thanks, Cam, for joining us. Where can people listen to your podcast?
0: So JURS Podcast is on most of the formats, Anchor, Podbean, Apple, Spotify, uh, and the like. And again, we just tackle all kinds of things. And this year, we started off with of a blast doing every other Arrow track. We had an old veteran fan do original series and the 70s animated show then I had my favorite of the chats with Next gen and Picard era. Woo. That was with TikToker Curtis Colon who's a big cosplayer and
2: nice.
0: big track fan Barbara McDonald who does a lot of the Watch Track together or Track Forward I think it's called mm-hmm. streaming platform and around Black History Month expect our uh Deep Space 9 and Voyager one. So Woo-hoo. Yes,
2: that's me sick. Uh, so excited we, to listen to that one. We,
0: Totally. We got Dan Lackey, formerly of the Memory Alpha, page and a bunch of other track things to jump aboard and tackle Discovery and Enterprise together. And so we've done plenty of other track things. Our episode on other similar track-related shows like Battlestar Galactica and The Expanse will be hitting soon. So
1: Yes, definitely tune in. And can we follow you on social media?
0: Yes. Jacked Up Review Show is on Facebook and Twitter and expect more of these kinds of things. We'll definitely do a Roddenberry special. We're going to do Andromeda nice. and Earth Final Conflict and see how those failed to be like track and yet <laughs> those found their own mm-hmm. bizarre cult Canadian American audience.
2: <laughs> That's oh, awesome. Yes. I really enjoyed your show on Galaxy Quest and the Orville. It's so fun. Oh, to hear thank just, like, you. Spin-off yeah. I knew I was missing something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, well, I don't know if this is out of place or not. I had fun posting that episode But I got Mm -hmm. attacked by someone who had been like an assistant visual effects editor on Orville, and he's like, "How dare you call it a spoof slash homage?" I'm like, "Well, this is part of critiquing, buddy. I at least acknowledged it was one of the two, and you're no longer working on this show, so I don't know why you care." But that's
2: intense. Wow.
0: (laughs) Yeah, some of the Orville fans can be pretty nice, but they're in that particular group. It was pretty hostile, so I was like, "Okay, I'm taking that down and." This is part of a critique. This is part of how Fox promoted it as, and this Mm -hmm. is- Totally. This is also a critique on what it does good and what it doesn't do good. It's-
2: Absolutely. Yeah. You can
0: just be civil without being a dick, but whatever. Oh,
2: totally. Absolutely. Well,
1: I thoroughly enjoyed it and I know our listeners will too, so they should go okay. check it out. Okay. Thank you. Absolutely. So we
0: did our job. Yeah, for <laughs>
1: sure. Well, thank you for joining us. We are very excited to next week we will be talking about Star Trek Beyond. This one does Woo-hoo. have a colon, so we'll, you know, already we're starting <laughs> we're off in a safe. little bit more direction. Yeah, different colon <laughs> thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, hey. Yeah, thank you so much awesome. for reaching out to us. We are so thank thrilled you. We love having guests on the show. It's been yeah. awesome. Thanks for joining five, us.
0: Five ever recordings in one day, and this happened to be one of them. Thank you.
1: Woo-hoo. Wow. Woo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Dura Sisters podcast. Please join us next week for the 13th episode of our movie series, where Ashley and Rihanna will discuss Star Trek beyond. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also take a moment to check out our content on Tumblr and TikTok. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen. By donating any amount per month, you can become a monthly patron and unlock our exclusive reviews of Lower Decks the animated series, and Star Trek trivia. You can find all of this and more at patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. If you would like to contact us for any reason, please do so at the Sisters podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have covered these podcast series, pilot episodes, family, love and affection, time travel, and villains. If you haven't heard a particular series, please go back and listen to any of these awesome episodes. Social media and marketing by me, Ashlyn Gelman, and Rihanna Hurd. Editing is done by Rihanna Hurd and Ashlyn Gelman. Our intro and outro was written by Jerry Goldsmith yeah but like he was in movies like trading spaces and i feel like they trading
2: 80s... places no.
1: <laughs> I I, wait i thought it was trading spaces wait am i no crazy? they trade
2: places because he gets to be
1: the billionaire guy i know but i thought it was like they're trading spaces oh no, it, it, it is places <laughs>